Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, it's great to be here. It's great to have sunshine. It's great to see shining faces. And it's great to be here on Father's Day because a lot of us know God as God. You know, a lot of us know him as, I mean, everybody knows him as God. He's a creator of the universe, right? And, and, but some people think of him as like this big, mean, you know, dude that's just like roaring at, at all the time and waiting to see, you know, are you messing up here? Are you messing up there? And um, for some people, that image might come from a natural father. Like maybe that's the father that they had. Um, but that's not what our Heavenly Father is. For others, it's Father's Day is easy because we've had good dads and, and we can trust, we trusted them and stuff. So there's all kinds of mixed emotions that go on on Father's Day. And then there's folks that have lost a dad recently. And then there's folks that maybe were estranged. And so as we celebrate this day, it's um, a day to honor. But um, the main father I want to honor today is our Heavenly Father. Because he's so good to us and he's so faithful to us. And he deserves that. But I want to honor you guys too. Because we've got some really good dads in here. And so, so I see you and God sees you. And so, so thank you for all you do. And thank you for the sacrifices that you have made for your families and, and for, for the church too. But for and everyone around you, you guys are making a difference even sometimes when we don't feel like we're making a difference. Anybody ever feel like that? So, so I'm going to talk about... Um, I'm going to 1 Samuel for Father's Day. Now, I usually go to 1 Samuel for Mother's Day, right? Because in 1 Samuel, we're talking about a lady named Hannah. Anybody ever hear of Hannah? Right? But we never talk about her husband, right? Because it's like, well, who is he? Well, he's a good man, and he was a father. And he, he was a father of many kids and, until with with his second wife well it's not his second wife because now it's like different he had two wives hannah was his first wife and and um penaya penina was his second wife let me just read so i can get it get on there was a certain man from ramathium a zoophyte from the hill country of ephraim whose name was elkanah son of Jerahom, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and an Ephraimite. He had two wives, I told you. One was called Hannah, the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. So we're looking here at, I don't think there's any coincidences when God puts something in the, in the scripture. You guys know what I'm talking about? I think there's a purpose and a reason. And so I was like, I like look up the names. And so I was looking up at the name of Elkanah. And then I was, I go through the, through his line. And if he, um, Jeraham means compassionate. Elihu means God of him. Tohu, tohu, it reminds me of tofu, Right? <laughs> 
Like, I lost a little bit of weight, but I was telling my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to go on this plant-based whole food diet, and, and um, I'm going to... I'm going to get healthy. And she goes, that's great, honey. And I was like, well, I might have a ribeye every once in a while. And I was like, and I might have some chicken. I was like, and she, she's like, honey, a whole food diet's a vegan. You can't have steak and chicken and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'll just be a vegan who eats steak. She's like, it don't work like that. But anyway, no tofu. She's like, we can put tofu and we can make it taste like steak. And I was like, you can't make it like steak I cook. There's no substitute, right? So anyway, this tohu reminded me of tofu. So that's how I got off on this rabbit trail. Sorry about that. So we got tohu, and that means repressed, or kind of, if I can read, or abasement. And then we've got zoof. Who named these people? I mean, seriously, what happened to Will and Jim and Charles and Dean and even Moses? Like, they could have named him Moses. Like, that was back there, right, Pastor? You know, and so anyway, um, Zoof means the honeycomb. So, but when you put that together, it means this the compassionate God of Him who was repressed and abased has turned it to a honeycomb. Isn't that amazing? And Elkanah means this it means God has uh, obtained, or God has purchased, or God has redeemed. And I think when we're reading through the Bible and we see that, we can see patterns, and God's almost telling the story before he even gets to the thing. But, but Elkanah, um, meaning God is obtained, like he's a father, right? He's a father. He had a kid, and then, but he had these two wives. Now, let me read this to you because it's, it's really, really cool. It says, year after year, uh, well, it says this. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man, listen to this, he was a godly man. He was a good man. This this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. You know what's really funny? is the Penina name. It, it actually means it's like, like a coral or a pearl, but it also, the, the, the peen in Penina means to turn or to angle or to have a corner. Do you ever feel in life like sometimes like, like you've believed God for something and you've done your best and you've trusted God, but everyone else is out here, like, like Penina was spitting kids out like a rabbit. And all she wanted was, she's like, I just want to be a mom. I, I just want to be a mom and, and, and bring a legacy and enhance the legacy and, and make a difference in the world. And she had this desire. And at this time, it seemed hopeless for her. But do you know what her husband was doing? He was encouraging her. He was taking care of his kids and his other wife, but he saw something great in her. He was a good man. 
And many of you are like that too. Many of you are good men and good husbands and we get to uplift our wives and we get to encourage our wives even when it looks impossible. That's what God's called us to do. And that's what this man was doing. And I loved it. I loved it as I read this story because he was a good man. He's like, like, honey, I know it don't look good right now, but I love you so much I'm going to give you double for everything. And then I'm sure that made, made Panina really upset because she's like, well, why is she getting a double portion and I'm not? There was so much going on. Man, talk about soap operas. Like, you don't need new, new reality series or, or soap operas or movie dramas. This is it. Right, this is the original. There's more angles to this than, than some of those. Ever watch like these shows and they have like, you'll watch it to the, to the end and then they'll like take that show where you don't even, like I love this show, it's called Yellowstone. It's a cowboy show, okay? Anyway, like that dude flips us all around and he hangs you by your emotions and then they cut it off for a whole year and you don't even know what's gonna happen. I mean, it's crazy. The good news about when we read this is all we got to do is keep reading because there's no, like, wait till next season. You know what I mean? So that's good news for us, right? And because the Lord had closed her room, her, revi- her revival, her rival, I got to pull this up a little. Her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. When, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? And he's like, look, you got me. He's like, I know you'd like ten sons, but you got me. Sometimes it's just not enough, though. You hear what I'm saying? We get, we, we, but sometimes we give everything we got to our kids and to our family, but we got to realize that, that we have a father and they have a father too. And, and God can provide in things that we can't too. So there's a wisdom of the father to know what we can do and know what we need to do with God too, because we're partners, we're sons, right? So here he is, this man had some wisdom, but he was getting frustrated too. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, they'd, obviously they'd gone to give sacrifices Hannah stood up. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on the chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple in bitterness of soul. Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, will you, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me. Wow. She's like, I just want you to remember me. Don't, don't you see me? Don't you hear me? Don't you know I'm here? And our Heavenly and Father in Heaven, He was listening to her. He knew the heart cry. The Bible says that God gives us the desires of our heart. I believe that God put that desire in her where she says, you know something? I want to birth something great. And it's not working out. It feels like, like, like I'm not going to make it and, and it's not going to work out. But I know I know if I just keep going, maybe it will. She never quit. She never get up, give up. She kept going to God with that desire. And there's places in our lives, man, where, where, where it looks like we ha- have no fruit. But we keep, keep 
churning. We keep going. We keep moving our feet. Why? Because one day of favor is worth a thousand days of labor. In one day, God can change your life and change your circumstance and make it where you can't even believe what he's done. It will take your breath away in a good way, right? So here, here in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. She's like, hey, at this point, I ain't asking for just anything. I want my legacy to go on. I want my husband's name. She was thinking of her husband too, to go on. And so... Anyway, she goes, I want a son. She was specific about what she wanted. If you'll remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. He is a, he is a um, Nazarite, like, just like um, Samson, Right? As she kept praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Now listen, she was praying in her heart. You ever pray in your heart? Do you ever just not have words for something? You're like, God, are you there? Do you hear me? God, Father God, do you know I'm here? And he's like, yeah, I'm a good dad. I I hear you. We might not know he hears, hears us, but... but she she was praying from her heart, but you couldn't hear her voice because she was so broken. You know, they um, talk about um, in the Holocaust where, um, where the um, parents would have to stuff socks in the baby's mouth because when the when the soldiers would come by, they could hear their scream. So, so they couldn't, they'd try to scream or try to cry, but they couldn't because they, their mouths were, were stuffed. Well, after all that was over, when they would cry, sometimes they'd still cry, but no sound would come out of their mouths. And it was almost like they'd gotten conditioned to it, but sometimes we have so much hurt Sometimes we have so much pain. Sometimes we have so much anguish. And maybe it's caused by a dad. You're out there and that was caused by a dad. I'm so sorry. But you have a heavenly father in heaven that loves you so much. And that's not what he's like. But there was so much pain and so much torment and so much, you know, so much trauma still that when, when these babies, as they were growing and they tried to cry, there was no sound would come out of their mouth. And that's what I think kind of Hannah. It didn't seem like it was a big deal, but this was such a big deal. She was crying from her heart. You know, in Hebrew, there's a blessing that's called the Shema. And, and it says this, Hear, O Israel, or Shema Yisrael. And it says this, The Lord is God. He is one. Love Him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And that's where we also we love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Jesus quoted this. Shema actually means not just to hear with your ear, but to hear, right? And so she was like crying out to God with her heart, with her voice, so that God would 
Shema. She was talking with her heart to God's heart. You ever have someone say, I'm going to go take you and we're going to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk? Usually when I got those, I'd done something wrong. Right? But sometimes they were really good, too. But, but Hannah's like, we're going to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with my daddy because I know my daddy's good and I know he's going to make a way and he's that, just that kind of daddy, right? And it says, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Some people think I am sometimes, too, and it's just me. Congratulations. How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of the, my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace. Do you know what peace means in Hebrew? That would be like shalom. It means completeness. What was she missing? She was missing that heart's desire. And he blessed her. He said, go in completeness. Go in nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. And you know what happened? Watch this. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast early the next morning they arose and worshiped before the lord and then went back to their home at ramah elkanah lay with his, what lay with his with hannah his wife and the lord remembered her so in the course of time hannah conceived and gave birth to a son she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Now, do you know what Samuel means? It means heard of God, but it also means remembered. You know what? God remembered her. She felt lost. She felt hopeless. She felt like she, she wasn't going to make it or felt like there was, there was maybe no hope for her maybe felt forgotten that God heard her. He heard the cry of her heart and he remembered her. Well, what big, well, that's not a big deal, right? Who's Samuel? Like, like you hear of this lady with, that was hassling her all the time? Like, her kids' names ain't even in the book. He's got two chapters named after him, right? God used Samuel in a mighty, mighty way. Samuel's the same one who anointed King David. He, he was a great man of God, and God used him mightily. And Hannah kept her word and said, Here, he's yours. Father God, you give me this gift, but I'm giving it back to you. And as fathers, that's what we've done with our kids, if we're smart. We're like, there's only so much, like, like all my kids are grown now, right? So, like, it's hard to protect kids when they're grown and out of the out of the house so all you got all you get to do now is trust God and say guess what father I trust that you gave him to me and I trust that you will keep what what you gave me and so here take him bless him use him and make him great and he's good that way and he'll do that right but sometimes we we feel lost and as I was praying like the ultimate father verse in the Bible to me, or chapter to me, might be in Luke chapter 15. 
Anybody know where, where that is? It starts off where um, we, we've got um, a lost sheep. And then it goes into a lost coin, right? But then it goes to a lost son, right? It talks about a lost sheep where a shepherd will leave his flock and go after one sheep. And he'll do it gladly with joy is what it says. And he'll come back carrying this thing. Thank God I'm rejoicing. Look, over one sheep, the heart of a shepherd. And then you see the parable of the lost coin, right? All three of these have something in common. It's all something that's lost, but it's all showing a different aspect of our Father and what Jesus has done for us. So then we get to um, the lost coin, and I love this because he's like, hey, uh, uh, a woman loses uh, ten silver. It's like a ten drachmas, ten, ten pieces of silver. That's like ten days of work. You think you wouldn't be looking for that? Right? So she's sweeping her house and she's trying to find it. I love this because ten looks a lot. Well, not ten. Ten actually would be um, um, peace again. It'd be shalom. Again, we're getting back to the shalom. But when you see silver in the Bible, it represents redemption. So she's like, I'm going to look for it and I'm going to find it. And I'm going to find this because it's got great value. And, And... she found it, right? And she was excited about it. You know, where you're like, well, that's a lost coin. What does that have to do? God's a redeemer. God's a God. He, he'll sweep through all the muck and all the mess in your life because he see, sees value in you. He sees completeness in you. And he will redeem you and bring you out if you'll just trust him, right? You know, um... After the lost coin, there's one more thing, and that's a lost son. And I love this the most because you got Jesus as a shepherd, but here with the shepherd, sheep, sheep, um, sheep are meant to follow, but a son is meant to reign. So here he's like, I'll go get you as a lost sheep, but I'm going to bring you in, and I'm going to redeem you, and I'm going to make you a son, Right? But then we flip the page, and it turns into another drama series, right? It's like, here, here, here's the father, and the father's saying, let me just read it to you from Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Uh, This is just a number I heard, but some scholar said that they had tried to figure out how much that value would actually be and they thought it was like $250 million. I have no idea if he was right or if he was eating the wrong kind of cookies, you know. But when you think about that, it gives you a number to think about. It was great wealth. It was an abundance wealth. And he said, I want to take my portion. And he left his father and and he went out and he squandered it all. After he had spent everything, there was a severe 
famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. I mean, this is probably the first time this kid had ever been in need. Like he went from great wealth to nothing, to absolutely nothing. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Think about this. This is a Jewish kid. Like, anybody ever hear of kosher? Like, don't eat pigs, right? Now, he's not eating pigs, but he's not even getting the food that the pigs, the unclean animals that he can't eat, are getting. Want to talk about having a bad day? Being down and out? And then it says this, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. You know, when I was growing up, some of, some of the stuff was really religious and legalistic. And when I come to Jesus, I always come, or to God, I was always coming to him. Like, I'll be your servant. I know that's better than anything here on earth, and, I'm, and it's right. If I could just be your servant, Father, then, then um, I know. But I didn't even call him Father. It was Lord, Lord God, you know. I know everything's going to be all right. And it's great to be a servant of God. But God didn't call me just to be a servant. There's something greater. And as I got to know him and I got a relationship apart from a religious system, a personal relationship with him, my relationship changed from, hey, I just want to be your servant because I know that's way better than anything else, to, you know what? I'm a son now. I'm a son of the creator of the universe, of the most high God, the one who spoke the word, let there be light and let there be. And do you know that that the universe is still expanding? Like in, I don't even remember how many light years at a time, just it's still going out at his word that he spoke from the beginning. That's how powerful my daddy is. That's good news for us, right? So, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off. You ever have that? Like you don't get to see your kids? Like there may be fathers out there and you're not getting to see your kids for some reason. But you're still looking and you're still hoping. I'm telling you, we have a father who can restore that. And he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Don't give up. Don't quit looking. Maybe you're praying for your kids. Maybe they're they're going through some hard stuff. Or maybe you're estranged from your kids and they don't like you. Don't quit looking. That's what this father did. He kept looking. He kept, kept looking down that road. And I don't think he was sitting there being sad. I think he was sitting there saying, my son's coming back. 
and how am I going to bless him when he when he does? And I look so forward to seeing him again. And he and I believe that's the way this father was. Sure, he missed him, but he is looking down the road because he knew that one day he was going to come up that road. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Wait a second. Didn't he just take his inheritance? Didn't he just blow it all? And now here he's coming back, and all the father could think about is, I just can't wait for my son to come back. I just can't wait to, to see him again. He wasn't worried about all that stuff, and that's what our father got. He don't, I don't care what you've done or where you're at or where you're at or where you've been or why you've, what you've done. It doesn't matter. Our Father in Heaven says, man, I paid for all of that. I've redeemed it. You are free. And whom the Son set free is free indeed. He says, I ain't called you just to be a servant, but I've called you to be a son. And sons reign. And that's good news for us. It says, a father had compassion for him, and he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Maybe you're out there and you've blown it. Maybe you've really blown it. You're like, man, I'm not worthy to be called a son again. Maybe at one time you were so, so passionate for God and, and then everything hit and, and somehow... You feel like you can't even hear God no more. And God's saying, you know something? Or, or you're saying this. You know something? I'll come back to you, Father. But I don't, I don't even need to be a son. I'll just be your servant. And you know what our Father's saying? I'll tell you. We'll read on. But the Father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. You know what? They were talking about in, in the parable of the lost sheep, how the shepherd will go out and find one sheep and they'll have they'll rejoice over it. Do you know when you come back to God, when you come back to the kingdom, you set off the biggest party in heaven, man. There's like, you think you've seen parties here, man. God's like, woohoo, let's party. Because he loves us so much. It made me think about in Genesis when I was reading this. You're like, well, what does all that have to do with anything? In Genesis um, chapter 41, verse 42, um, starting when 41, it says this. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I, hear, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his father and put on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a, a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. Now, this just wasn't a regular chariot. This was like a Rolls Royce. You know, this was cool. Second in command, and men shouted before him, Make way! Now that'd be cool. I mean, come on. Wouldn't that be cool? Thus he put him in charge of the whole land 
of Egypt. Now watch this. This is what this father did. So what is it? What are they saying? This father had wealth. He had clout. He had authority. We're talking about royalty because he's like, I'm going to give you my, my robe. Our father God gave us a robe. It's a robe of righteousness. The Bible says, though our sins be, be as scarlet, he washed them white as snow. What he's saying, I'm going to robe you, not in your righteousness, not in what you can do, not in, in your works, but I'm going to robe you in my grace. I'm going to robe you in my righteousness, not yours. You don't have to do anything to get it, and you don't have to do anything to keep it. It's a free gift from the Father. He says, freely receive because I'm freely giving it to you because I love you that much. And then he took his signet ring. Man, you know, took his ring. He's like putting it on. They in Like, do you ever see these old, old um, like, the three musketeers or something like that where they have a king in there but they'd seal the envelopes and they put wax on them and then they would press with that ring and then everybody would know when this was sent out you know something this is somebody important not only is this somebody important they would know who was important that sent it and guess what the father's done for us he's given us his authority he's given us an identity He's given us a purpose. He's given us a hope where people walk by that all, all creation, right? All, all the enemy, like we're all worried about the enemy, but when we're a son of God, we walk through and everyone's doing like they did for Joseph. Make a way. This is a son of the most high God and no weapon formed against you will prosper. You have value. Great value. You got dreams, you got those dreams, you got those desires just like Hannah. Trust God for it, cry out with your heart. Father, thank you for, for giving me these desires and I know if you've given me this desire that you're gonna make a way for me and make it happen and he will. And then he says, and sandals on his feet. This dude was probably half naked and barefoot. Probably stunk like pigs. And his dad didn't care. He's like, that's my son. So he says this. You know, our feet, I think of our feet. Our feet are, are shod with the gospel of peace. You know what that peace is again? Completeness. That's why he says, everywhere the sole of your foot steps, I'm given to you. That's why he says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You may be stepping. Do you ever step somewhere and you're like, well, I didn't mean to step there. Now, I'm not talking about at the barnyard. <laughs> right? But I'm talking about like you're walking, you're going this way, and then all of a sudden you step and you're like, I didn't mean to step there, but you step right into a blessing. You know why? Because God steps. Our steps are ordered by the Lord, and He's making a way for us. And our, our good daddy in heaven, who loves us so much, is like, I'm providing for you. He said, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Only, per, only thing in here that I see that really had the worst day was this calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
you know what? That's what he brought to me. One time I was dead and I was lost and I had no hope. I was dead in my heart. I was dead in my dreams. My, I, I couldn't even fathom God doing what he's done in my life already. But he breathed life into me and made me alive. He's a God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And he can breathe life into anything you need life breathed into. He's still the God who raises the dead. Sometimes it's just zombies because we're walking around dead. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. This dude's like stuck with his dad, man. He's like been there the whole time. He's like, there's no way I'm leaving you, dad. So he's working out in the field and he hears this music and this celebrate. And he's like, there's a party and I wasn't invited. So he comes up here and it says this. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has come. He, ha he has him back safe and sound. Not one time do we hear the father talking about all of his inheritance and everything that, that he, he had thrown away and wasted or, or everything that he had done. He was focused on his son. He was focused on that he once was dead, but now he's alive. And celebrating that. Our Father celebrating you. You have a daddy that loves you so much that he gave his son, his only son on a cross, so that you could have life and so that you could be a joint heir in Christ Jesus. Think about that. Do you know what that means? The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's pretty, pretty good news, isn't it? That's, that's like you talk about a robe and a signet ring. He loves you that much, and if you were the only one, he would have gave his life for you. So he called his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come. And he replied, Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, Father, I've been working for you for years. I've been serving you for years. I've been doing everything that I'm told to do, and, and I'm here for you. And you haven't so much as even killed a goat, let alone a calf. I think that's a mentality we can get into, too. Because we can get into this where we're serving God and we're doing everything for God and we're doing this and we're doing that, but we get this servant mentality and forget that we're a son. We get into doing so much stuff that we forget we can have a relationship, not just 
not just with, with our Father, but with our Father who hung the moon and the stars in their place. And they're still governed by His Word. That's the Daddy we have, the Daddy who loves you so much. But we get so caught up in serving, we forget. And then someone comes in that we don't know, and they're like, they got to relate or, and get saved or, or, or return to God, return to their father. And they're like having a father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship. And we're like, wait a second, I'm working my tail end off. How come they're getting this and they're getting that? We can get in that kind of, kind of mentality because we forget that He brought us from being servants to sons. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Now listen to this. This hit me really heavy because I'd never seen it like this before. Sometimes we're praying and we're waiting so much on God and maybe it's not just stuff. Maybe it is you need some. You have needs. And he says, hey, I'm your supply. I'm the one who, who will provide for you because I'm a good provider. He's still Jehovah Jireh. Maybe it's dreams. Maybe it's visions. Maybe whatever. But he's like, you know something? I remember you. All of this is here and it's just waiting for you. I'm not holding nothing back. Come bring and take from me. Because that's what gives him life, man. He's like, this is already yours. All you had to do was come and ask me. It's all you got to do. Then it says this, But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. Now I was just thinking of all the good that, that God is and, and that he does. And what's his heart like? Well, I think we can see it in, in Luke 18, verse 15. It says this, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom... For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Then he gives us a clue. Now listen to this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now listen to this. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. To what? To children. He's like, I don't want 
to be you to know me just as God and creator of the universe. I don't want you to just know me as this man who hires you and you work for trying to earn everything. He said, I want you to know me as Abba. You know that word Abba actually has an Aramaic background, but even to this day, that's what Jewish people call their daddies. Now think about that. It actually comes from a word called Av, and it's a lathe and, and, and Vav, and, um, or bait, a lathe and bait. And so it literally, if you have a pictograph, it's got like this big strong ox right in a lathe but then you got this house we have a strong father over our house and he will keep that which belongs to him if you'll just trust him he says come to me as a little child which means just believe in the impossible again believe in what i want to do in your life and i will make a way if you're out there and you're like man i'm lost i'm like that dead son it's real simple. You can just say, the Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we're saved. So right now, Father, we thank you for, for those out there who, who are filled dead but are coming to life back to their daddy. So just repeat this after me. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you and thank you for being my Abba, my daddy. Maybe if you're just returning to him, just talk from your heart and watch what he's going to do in your life. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.